There was a young man by the name of Jake, and Jake was such a cool dude. His name's Jake. And Jake worked at a, what's that? And he's a cool dude. And Jake worked at a grocery store. And every day this pastor would come in and he would see this young man, Jake, and he thought, wow, Jake is so kind. He's so professional. He's amazing. Kids are dismissed at this time as well. And, uh, and, and he was like, wow, I mean, he must be an asset to this store. Well, several weeks went by and he would see Jake. Jake would mention him and they would see each other and they would know one another by name. So they developed this relationship. And it was one weekday that he walked in that, that this pastor said in his moment of uh, rushing through there, he looked through the, the lines and didn't see Jake there. And so he went to the store manager and he said, excuse me, sir. Man, you must feel the loss of young Jake. What an impact he left on my life. What a phenomenal young man. And the store manager stopped and he paused. He said, really? He won't be missed, was his comment. So I'm going to ask you an important question. Will you be missed? Have you left an imprint and an impact on someone or somebody? Today, we have the great privilege and opportunity to recognize a man who has been such an amazing servant of the Lord. And it comes with great pleasure for me as a pastor to say, Yes, this man will be missed. If I were to look at his life and I would say, okay, here's a man that goes out of his way, who works hard, who has raised his children, who has uh, worked diligently to leave an imprint or an impact on not only just his family, but to his co-workers, it would be Jerry Wilson. And so today we have the great privilege, pleasure, and honor to not only ordain, but to bless a man for his servanthood. That's Jerry Wilson. Now we realize that behind and beside and sometimes in front of a successful man is his wonderful bride and his wife. And that's Lynn. And it, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Jerry was thinking the same thing, Lynn. I found that in my archives. I just have to say, I know I acted surprised, but I had to just throw that up there. And, uh, and so, you know, as we look into this man's life and as we uh, examine our own lives in regard to what is a deacon, in the Hebrew and Greek, it means diakonosis, it means that he's a servant. And that's the true calling of a deacon. We're blessed to have two wonderful men that are here in our church. Uh, chairman of our deacon board is Ron Ickes Sr. and Pat Ballard, who's also a deacon at New Hope. And those men have shown me what a true servant is. They've been by my side. They'll stay oftentimes 
till I leave here. And for some of you, you may not know this, but if we have a good service, my wife and I have left here at 6 o'clock in the evening, haven't we? After being here all day and just fellowshipping and, well, I don't know, one conversation goes into the next and it just becomes a long day. But along with them is also our head usher who is in leadership here as well. Troy will not leave this building until he knows that I'm out of the building and he locks up. So I always appreciate that. And so when we look at a servant and we look at what does the scripture say in 1 Timothy chapter 3, today we're going to look at ourselves and ask ourselves the question, will I be missed? Of what value am I to others, to those that are close by me, to my circle of influence? Will I leave that impact or imprint in their lives? Honey, if you'll please come over here. And at this time, I would like to have Jerry Wilson and his lovely wife, Lynn, come forward. So let's give them a round of applause. People will say, so what is a deacon and how do you choose somebody? You know, you'll see a bunch of uh, pictures up here because I just kept sending them to Luke. But I wanted you to see really the kind of man that he is and, you know, how he's really impacted so many people. But I know for myself, he shows up when I don't expect him to be there. And, um, and then there have been times also that I know that you love to cook. And they'll show up at our house and, and bring food, and, um, and they'll drive all the way from Canton, Ohio. And I've never heard them one time complain, well, Pastor, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night, and I have to be back in the morning. He never says to me, you know, I've got to get out of here. He prays over our church family. He prays with our church family. He's concerned about your well-being, not just in your physical life, but in your spiritual life. And he truly cares about each and every person. And if I were to say not just deacon, I would also say that he measures up to the criteria and to the principles of what 1 Timothy and Titus has to say about a deacon. But so does his wife. So as they work together and as they serve together, they're both just so intentional. And he will drive all the way from Pepper Pike from work, go to Canton, come here, go back home, come here. Go. I mean, he has done that several times. I know that. And yet he doesn't complain because... He loves the community of New Hope. And I, I have to say that we had the, the privilege as deacons and as your pastor to sit down and interview Jerry. We had a great night. I mean, the food was delicious. I worked so hard at making sure I set that oven at 350 degrees because he said, Pastor, I'm coming to the house and I'm cooking for everybody. And I said, well, I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, you want to make me some delicious food? We have salmon. The other deacons had fillets. I mean, this guy knows how to cook, but he knows how to serve. And I wanted to help him in there. And you're in my home, but yet that kind of shows you the kind of person that he is and that they are. And so they work hard at it. And so today, I wanted to just do something special. Uh, and that is, I'm going to have his wife, if you will, please come on up here. I'll get the mic for you. 
and uh, so that you can hold this. And this isn't, Lynn said, you're asking me to do what? I said, I would like you to tell our congregation who your husband is from his wife. And I think it's so important. So let's listen closely. Good morning. Good to keep it. Those were great songs. Great songs. <laughs> well, Pastor wanted me to introduce Jerry as my husband, but I want you to know the man that I see every day. He is truly a man that seeks after God. He is a papa to our two daughters and our three grandchildren. He is a leader at work, and he is a family leader to all of our extended family. He puts God before all things. He seeks him with all of his mind, his heart, and his soul. His heart is full of love for, every, for everyone, but his love for Christ far exceeds any other love. It's agape love. He has a fire in his heart that burns for the Lord. If you know him or get to know him, you will feel the warmness. But he uses that warmness to put a spark in others' hearts so that they may feed that spark and that that spark becomes a flame. And that flame is a fire, a fire for God. So that others may know that kind of love, the agape love, and experience an intimate and a personal and spiritual relationship with our Heavenly Father. Jerry is the same person in church. He is the same person at work. And anywhere that you go, you will see the same person. You will never see a different person in Jerry. You know when your husband serves the Lord, when he asks you if you can play church at 8.30 at night. <laughs> you know that Christ is the center of his heart. I'm blessed and I'm honored to call him my husband, my friend, and a man of God. Well, on that introduction, no further ado, he's going to come and briefly tell us what is a deacon and how does that play out. I thought, we'll let the deacon talk about being a deacon, right? That way in the future, if I have any questions, I'll just go to him and he'll be able to answer for me. I love you. Last night we were here and fellowshipping and and every pastor prayed over me and everyone was gathered and I was like I'm good I haven't cried all week <laughs> and pastor you should have done a better job at telling me what you were going to do this morning <laughs> it's it's very overwhelming. And my, my glasses might need some windshield wipers. <clears throat> but this is a glorious day. I'm not sure that I've really used that word before. The word glorious means beauteous, wonder, grandeur, brilliance, exaltation, 
praise and triumphs. All that to say that words matter. What we say matters and has meaning. At first, you might not understand the meaning of the word, but when you take a deep dive and study the meaning, you might find something you can never imagine. The word deacon has meaning and can't be explained as simple as glorious. The title of this message is What is a Deacon and What Does a Deacon Represent? When Pastor and I were talking during renovation days in this soon-to-be kitchen at the parsonage, it was a normal conversation. Then the Holy Spirit told me what Pastor was going to ask me. Pastor was talking, and I told him, I know what you're going to say. And he gave me that look. We've all seen that look. The, what are you talking about, Willis? That look. And he asked me to speak, and I told him he was going to ask me to think and pray about becoming a deacon. And he confirmed that that's what he was going to ask me. Now, this is a teaching moment for all of us. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you need to be bold. You need to move, act, or speak. You need to follow the Holy Spirit. Be bold, move, act, speak as the Holy Spirit guides you. The more you trust and move in the promptings of the Holy Spirit, the better you understand and know the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Amen? If I was forced to give an answer right then in his kitchen about becoming a deacon, my answer would have been no. My takeaway from our conversation was I am not ready spiritually to be a deacon. The position of deacon is a biblical position, and I need to have the reverence and respect for that position. Being a deacon puts me at a greater accountability to God, El Shaddai, our God Almighty. I also find it interesting. The more I learn about God, the more I realize how much I do not know. But I can never stop growing in discernment, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of our Creator. This is an opportunity for me to serve in a different capacity, but also serve as I have served with a servant's heart and with the love of Christ and the church. By the church, I don't mean the building or the systems of the church. The church is the people. All of you are the church.
For those of you that have come close to me, you understand I focus on deliverance, healing, setting the captives free. I never really thought this was true. I didn't think there really was power in the name of Jesus. There were just stories in the Bible and things Christian people would say. But since Lynn and I came to New Hope, we found out it is real. There is freedom to be obtained in the mighty name of Jesus. Pastor, you laid the foundation of deliverance, casting out of demons, purifying our home in the name of Jesus. You gave us biblical knowledge to fight spiritual battles. I'm a living example of what deliverance can do to a man. Deliverance changed me spiritually. I pray differently. I read the word differently. I study differently. And I view life with more compassion. But to receive deliverance, to receive deliverance, you must seek it. Be desperate for it. You must be willing to be free from evil spirits and spiritual wickedness in your life. And this is a problem for some people because they let themselves be defined by their bondage. And they don't want to let go of that identity. I am not completely free and may never be. But I am better than I was before. I know Paul dealt with an infirmity, a messenger from Satan. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Lest I be exalted above measure. That messenger of Satan is an evil spirit. Everyone in this room can be set free from demonization and evil spirits. You may not be exalted above measure, but you can be better than you are now. Oh, Holy Spirit, I feel this church. I feel you moving in the hearts of this church. Okay, back to my deacon study. Breaking down the scriptures to find out what is a deacon and what a deacon represents weighed on my heart. When pastor told me I was under consideration for a deacon, I became hungry, became hungry for learning more about God's word, seeking the Lord in prayer, striving to get closer and seeking his presence and glory. My study led me to this deacon scripture, and this will answer the question, what is a deacon? 
As I read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 13, I will break it down. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 to 13. Likewise, deacons. Likewise, we will get back to likewise. Must be reverent, feeling and showing deep and serious respect. Not double-tongued, not intentionally deceptive, pretending one set of feelings and acting under, under the influence of another. Expanding on this, acting under the influence of another is an evil spirit. Not giving too much to wine, not in bondage to wine, not greedy for money, money not a driving force of your life. Verse 9, holding the mystery of faith with pure conscience. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3 breaks this down. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith in the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse 10. But let these also first be tested. I was tested as, as a trustee. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Verse 11. Likewise. There's that word again. Their wives must be reverent, feeling and showing deep and solemn respect. Not slanderous, no false or malicious statements. Temperate, Lynn's our hugger. So when you start crying, she might leap through the church just to hug you. I did that to lighten the load for you, brother. I shouldn't have looked over there. I was doing so good. Temperate. Showing self-restraint. Faithful in all things. To God. To husband. To the church. I really didn't cry when I was reading through this. <laughs> Verse 12. Let deacons be the husband of one wife, above reproach, ruling the children in their, and their household well, orderly children. Verse 13. For those who have served as deacon, obtain for themselves a great boldness and faith, fearless, courageous, strong in faith, which is in Christ.
Christ Jesus. Back, back to likewise. First Timothy 3.8 starts off with likewise. So I read the likewise and I say, likewise what? The likewise is referring to the position of bishop in 1 Timothy 3.1. This study took me somewhere I did not think it would take me. When I was reading the scriptures about deacon, this scripture stuck out. 1 Timothy 3.1. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of bishop, he desires a good work. What did I just read? The same underlying qualifications as a deacon, but a different desire. I didn't come to New Hope with the thought of becoming a trustee. And when asked to be a deacon, I was not ready. Pastor told me, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Pastor said to think and pray about becoming a deacon. It's a good thing Pastor didn't need an answer that day. For the first time, I have a desire for a position at New Hope. A position that may never open, be created, be available to me or anyone. The possibility that this position could exist will keep me moving closer to God. I'm not looking for a title or for this position to become a reality. And the answer to the question, what does a deacon represent? To me, a deacon represents me striving to be a spiritual bishop for this church. A teacher, a preacher, a leader, and a Christ-centered man serving the church. Wow. What an amazing journey this has been. And my journey, our journey, is just starting a new season. I hope to be part of a great revival because I do not want to serve the desires of a religion, the desires of man, or the the desires of this world. I want to serve the desire of our Lord Christ Jesus. In Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, we are told, Go, teach, baptize, teaching. Go to the people, teach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching that the captives can be set free, meaning cast out evil spirits, People can be set free and healed, all in the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. 
I'm going to summarize Mark chapter 1, verse 21 to 28. And it's interesting that last night up here on the platform, the pastor opened up his Bible app and he read this scripture to me. Starts at verse 21. Jesus in the meeting place of the church, teaching with authority, the same authority given to us as followers of Jesus. An evil spirit cried out of a man, What have you to do with us, Jesus? Saying, Let us alone. Even the demons know who the Christ is. Jesus rebuked the demon and casted the demon out of the man in the synagogue, in the church building. The unclean spirit made a fuss in front of everyone, cried out and left him. They were all amazed and questioned the doctrine and the authority Jesus had over unclean spirits. This was not a new doctrine. This was the power of Jesus. The same power given to us as followers of Jesus. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the regions of Galilee. Jesus is famous. And they killed him for what he said and did. Satan, unclean spirits, and the people in powerful positions in this world know the power of the name of Jesus. It has been more than 2,000 years, and they're still afraid of Jesus. We need to walk in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. Because we don't serve a dead Jew in a Palestinian tomb we serve a risen Savior. In Acts chapter 6, verse 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen was one of the first leaders and deacons of the church. In Matthew 10, 1. And when he called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all matters of sickness and all kinds of disease. We as followers of Jesus can do, can do the same thing today in the mighty name of Jesus. I am humbled being ordained today in this position of deacon. I will strive to be a spiritual bishop for this church in my role as deacon. I thank you for all of you here. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
I made a comment to Jerry. I said, Jerry, what's it like to speak in front of people? Because I never did it before I came here. Because we're all afraid, right? There's always that fear. I think it's 365 times in the Bible it talks about fear. One of the, the biggest words other than that, it's pride. But I think many of us fear. We fear the unknown. We fear what is ahead of us. Actually, some of us fear following who the Christ is. Many of us can see a man come up here and, and put into his own words how he feels. And I think it's so important that we understand the significance of, you know, what is a deacon and how do you use, you know, your position for other people. I love seeing and hearing Jerry's perspective. You will never have to question how he prays in the mighty name of Jesus because he says it all the time. And, you know, that's the truth in the word. Don't be intimidated by what the word has to say. Even, I want to read this to you, and, and we're going to conclude. We're going to pray over Jerry, anoint him. I'm going to have the deacons and, and trustees and their wives come forward. But I like what it says here. It's when Jesus called, you know, Levi, and there was the scribes of the Pharisees that were there. And here's what they said in Luke chapter uh, 5, verses 30. It says, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Did you hear what I said? They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Listen, if you came here today and you feel like you are somebody, you are to yourself. But if you came here today knowing this, that I'm just a sinner seeking a savior, then you've come that he might turn your repentant heart back to him again. He says he's called only those that seek him out. If you were to be a disciple, if you were to be a deacon, if you were to hold a position, can you ask yourself, will I be missed? Who am I? When am I? Have I left that impact? Have I left that imprint? Am I going to make a difference? As we all get older, we know that we want to leave a legacy of love and a legacy of Christ in our life. But have you done that? Or have you allowed self to step in the way? Well, all I know is what Jesus had to say, and I'll repeat it to you again, because he said, I came, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm glad that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You have to be willing. You have to be surrendered. Will you cry out to him today? Will you give your life to him? Maybe you've never trusted in the Lord. Maybe you've never trusted him as Lord and Savior. Today's your turning point. Today's the day where you turn your life around and you, said, you say to yourself, I'm here. I'm here to seek you. I'm here to cry out to you and to call upon the mighty name of Jesus. If Pat and Ron will please come, and if you'll stand please. Amen. If you have a seat. If our officers would please come.
Church board, please come. It's with great pleasure and privilege that I get to pray over this wonderful couple. And you do as well. You know, picking up the cross of Christ is not always an easy task or journey. But it's living their life out for Christ. And this just isn't something that we made up. As you heard him say in 1 Timothy chapter 3, you saw with your own eyes the importance of what the position of deacon is. And so they understand that calling, and we've asked him a lot of questions and spent a lot of time together. But, uh, but I'm just blessed that, that we're able to, to pray over them and to anoint them uh, this morning. You know, starting a church and being a pastor, you know, the the last 17 years here, going on 18. A lot of times in my prayer time, I ask God, God, who are you going to allow to co-labor along with me? Life has so many twists and turns and winding roads, doesn't it? We don't know what tomorrow holds. And we know that through every year, there's a new season. But I'm thankful that in this season, you know, I get to be on this platform the first time. Listen to me, church. They are the first deacons in this building to be anointed and ordained. I take the position very, very serious. So the last ordination anointing we had was over on Riverside Drive. And uh, so we're blessed that, uh, that we're able to do this for you. And thank you for accepting the calling. And I'm glad that the Lord spoke to you before I actually came and talked to you in the kitchen. I want to say that he was making me food, but he wasn't that day. He was working. But... Uh, that everything turned out just as good as your as your cooking. And uh, <laughs> so if the ladies will please lay hands on Lynn and then we'll lay hands on Jerry. The officers will please come around. Let me have a, a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you today, Lord. We're just grateful and thankful for the power of Christ, the power of Jesus. Father, we thank you that for many that came in here today, Lord, they didn't even know they were going to participate with a deacon ordination, Lord, as we are going through this series on prayer. So, Father, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to come to you and talk to you as if I were in my, my secret room or quiet place and say, Lord, I'm thankful for both Jerry and Lynn. Father, I'm thankful that we get the, the great privilege to serve you. Lord, may this position be one of humility and not one where they feel they now have some type of uh, power or leadership or authority over someone. May they not abuse that position, but may be it used as they receive the gifts and the calling that you have upon them. Lord, we know that when we get to the end of ourselves, we get to the beginning of God. And so, Father, I thank you for this dear brother and sister. I thank you for this man and this woman. I thank you for Jerry and Lynn. Thank you for their hearts for others, but more importantly, their heart for you. So in the mighty name of Jesus, through your power and authority, we anoint and ordain this man and this woman to use 
this position to glorify your holy name. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the many friends and family that are here. Father, I pray that, Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you like Jerry and Lynn and the rest of us, they'll come to know you in a personal way. Father, may we all be challenged to leave that imprint, that footprint for others to see Christ in our lives. So I believe that, Lord, in your word it says that it's just not the deacon for one, it's the deacon for many. And all of us understand true servanthood. Father, thank you for your healing power, your delivering power. Father, we ask that you'll forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in your holy name. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. For yours is the power. And thine is the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. At this time, before Jerry and Lynn take their place back down, we have uh, some gifts for you, and you can take them with you. I'd like to present you, number one, with a certificate of ordination, and it says, Jerry Wilson, having been chosen, one of good report, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, and if capable of using the office well, was set apart publicly to the office and the work of deacon. And I want to present this to you. God bless you. Also want to present you some gifts for the CrossFit dude that you are. Here, you can take all this. And Lynn, you got your wonderful gifts. And uh, thank you so much. Let's just praise the Lord for this wonderful couple. You may be seated. seated. And as the praise team makes their way up, we never conclude a service without a song, a time of reflection, where the Lord gets to do His work. You know, Jerry made the comment about healing, deliverance. Maybe you're here today and you're dealing with some sickness. Maybe you're dealing with something in your life and you just say, you know what, I need somebody to pray over me. We're here to pray for you. It's not often that you get to go to Acme or the grocery store or any other grocery store or Walmart and have somebody stop and pray over you. But we have that privilege and pleasure to do that here. And I'm thankful that today's not the Super Bowl, that we're having lunch together, right? That this is a place where we get to conclude the service, glorifying the name of Christ and knowing that we can come to Him, we can worship Him, we can sing, we can bow our knees and say, Lord, here I am. I want to be used just like you used that man and that woman. Will you give your heart to the Lord today? Will you surrender your life? Maybe you've been running from Him. Would you come back? I know for myself, I don't want people to say, yeah, we won't miss Him. He won't mean nothing to me. You know, pastor was here. He was here today and gone tomorrow. And here in comes another one. I hope and pray that we all can say, yeah, You're missed. You're missed. And you'll be missed. Let's just exalt the name of Christ. Let's sing together.
And if you feel the Lord leading, would you come today and we'll pray with you. Father, thank you again. Let us worship you. Let us lift our hands to you. Let us come before you with humility, with open hearts and open minds. In your holy name we pray. Amen.